Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the US. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. Hello, everybody. This is Andrew McCauley. Welcome back to podcast number 26. This is the final podcast in this series of statistics and fun numbers that we've been doing. And we hope you've been getting a lot of value out of these previous podcasts. This final one today is all about your website bounce rate. Sounds crazy, sounds like a sport, but it's not. It's all about metrics that you really need to know for your business. Now, of course, I couldn't do this all by myself. So all the way from the cold, wet, lovely town of Sydney, bringing all the warmth you can into this exhilarating final part of our podcast is the amazing Heather Porter. Hey guys, Andrew, has anyone ever told you you're the most enthusiastic person about online marketing? I just laugh every time. It's great. <laughs> the most enthusiastic person about metrics. That, you are, yeah, you're making it sound very exciting. I'm sitting here going, wow, the bounce rate, wow, it must be amazing. And it is, isn't it? it we is lot well, this, is, this is the thing, like, all of this stuff is really dead boring. It truly is. <laughs> um, and it's great for insomniacs. But at the end of the yeah. day, you've you got to know this stuff. You just need to know what it is because if you don't measure it, you don't know if it's working or not. And, um, you know, to give you a quick example before I get into what you learned this week. I know. Um, what, I'll give you a quick example. We've, we've been running ads for our magazine and we've been getting a very high um, click-through rate. So a lot of people are clicking on the ads, like thousands and thousands of people clicking on the ads. But our conversion, which is which you, if you've been listening to our podcast, you know exactly what that is. Our conversion was pretty low, so we spent a couple of hours just today going through why would that be why would that be the case, and we knew which areas to look at. And it turns out that um, on one of the one of our platforms that we use for our for our magazine is um, when people land there, it doesn't actually show the price of the magazine. And we only discovered this today after we've been running ads for about a week or so, looking at why all different things and why it's not working. And we've discovered that there's no price in the magazine, which is not very confident for people when they want to go and buy something. It says buy now, but it doesn't tell them how much. So they're like, well, we're not sure if we want to commit to something we don't know the price of. So we've, we've adjusted that and we're already getting some, um, some changes in our results straight away. But if we didn't go and check that sort of stuff, we could be spending a lot of money on ads that were just wasting our time. You know it, and most people, if you say, oh, yeah, have you done Facebook ads? And then they said, oh, yes, I have. And they had this really sad, sad-sounding voice. And then I asked them a question, oh, really? So what sort of results did you get? And it, inevitably, they always say, well, I actually didn't really know what to look for. Yeah. <laughs> so they're placing ads be and because they think they should be and have no results and have no idea why because mm -hmm. they don't know what they're looking for. So mm -hmm. you, like you said, it is incredibly important to understand each of these things and to understand how to constantly looking at ways uh, to be improving them as well. Yeah, and here's, a, here's another thing too. We're not going to talk about this too much today, but there are people out there who specialize in this sort of stuff and they'll, mm. do, they'll do a lot of this analytics stuff for you and they'll report it for you. They'll say, here's the report. Here's what's happening in your website. You don't really need to learn it, but if you know what you need to look for 
And then at least you can go and say, okay, now I know I'm looking for someone who can tell me what my bounce rate is and how to fix it. Someone to yeah. give me a report on my conversion. Someone to give me a report on my shopping cart abandonment rates and that sort of thing. And then you uh, you sound like at least you know what you're doing. And when they give you the report, you know you can start looking at the right numbers and the right figures and knowing what's, what, what is a good figure and what is a bad figure. Yeah, about now you guys are now speaking the lingo that you need to speak. And if you actually want to go back and discover why we've done this series and kind of take them in order, just go back to episode number 19. And uh, that's where we actually talk to you about statistics overall and why it's important to understand them. And then from there all the way up until this one, we break it down in each one of our past episodes to you know fill you in on the language that you need to know and more importantly, how to improve it, uh, what you're doing on your online marketing. You are now turning into geeks, fully fledged yes, geeks. We, you, learn, you are. You're learning the language. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. You're part of the cult. <laughs> <laughs> so oh before we kick off today, our final one in this series, this is not our final podcast, by the way, so put those tissues away. Don't get upset. Um, what did you learn this week? What did you learn? What was, what was interesting for you in this fun-filled week of yours? Well, you'll probably find this no surprise, but we have been, uh, Andrew and I have been running a series of webinars as well uh, externally of this. And we did one just before we've jumped on with you guys for this podcast um, about financial reports and statements and how to automate that more in your business. And the biggest thing I learned was that, you know, there's so many tools out there. There are so many out there. There really are, each one of them, they work very, very well. But I think for me, it's like, well, you know what, I know we are doing this, in, whether in our business or for our clients, but there's parts of that that you are busy working so hard with your business and your clients and everybody else around you that you kind of neglect what you're doing with yourself. So the biggest thing I was learning today was, well, you know what, I actually need to start doing this for myself as well. Some of these organizations, some of this autopilot uh, stuff that we teach so much. Biggest learning lesson, guys, is whatever you're teaching others and doing for others, probably you're neglecting it on yourself. So look at yourself individually and how, you know, you can constantly improve what you're doing as well. I wouldn't say all of that's true. Like, we're teaching people <laughs> stuff that we're doing. We're doing a lot of that, actually. Yeah. But sometimes you're right, though. Sometimes there's stuff that uh, you should look in your own backyard as well, right? Yeah, and I think it more stemmed from a conversation as well. I was um, speaking to a group just less than a week ago, and we were all having a good laugh because we were all saying that, you know, when, when you are an expert and you're teaching something, oftentimes you're working so hard and you're working harder on your clients' businesses than you're actually focusing on yourself at times, and they were laughing really hard because they all agreed to that. So I guess that's more about... What I'm saying is that, you know, just consider you guys are important as well. You're business owners. You have a vision and a mission to fulfill, and and oftentimes it can be quite exhausting. So think about yourselves in the whole equation. Very true. Very true. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you what you learned. I'll tell you what I learned this week. I'm going to add, you know that famous saying that uh, there's only two things in life that are unavoidable, death and taxes? Oh, yes. There's a third thing. There's a third thing that's come out. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm going to claim this to fame. This is my saying. The third thing is that social media will be changing every week. Social media <laughs> platforms will change every week. And the reason <laughs> I say that is because two weeks ago, I went to go and do a uh, presentation for a group of people about LinkedIn. And that morning, they uh, and I think I spoke, shared this on a previous podcast, that morning, as I was getting, about to go on stage, I discovered a whole bunch of new things that LinkedIn had um, you know, s- sent out. Um, yeah. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to go and change a few slides around. 
So then yesterday I was on a radio show doing a call and um, we, were, we were doing a soft launch for our LinkedIn product that you and I have got called LinkedIn Master Plans. If you ever want to know about LinkedIn, we'll talk about LinkedIn a little bit further down the track. But um, as about, we've, spent, we've spent a good while getting this product together. In fact, I think I've recorded two or three lots of videos about LinkedIn because just before Christmas they changed everything around. Mm-hmm. And as we launched it yesterday, I got off the radio show and went to went to my LinkedIn account to check it out. Wouldn't you know it, they've changed it all again. <laughs> Unbelievable. So that is where I'm going to say that every time I do a video, I know when they're going to change their platforms because I do a video about it just before they change it. No, it was like me with Google Plus during my talk. You know, I was talking to these women. And I was saying, oh, yeah, you know, you need to be on Pinterest and, and uh, it's amazing because it's for women. And then I jumped over to Google Plus and I was showing them that. And I go, oh, look at that. Look, Google Plus looks just like Pinterest now. And it, and it was literally because they had changed their layout. Like, yeah. And I didn't know about it. Well, and so, I was on so stage. I'll tell you, that, that was a, it, came, it came out of sort of nowhere. 41 mm. changes. 41 changes Google Plus made um, <laughs> that day. That day. Yeah. So I'm surprised you even knew how to log in. Oh, I was, I was definitely having some fun. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so I'm actually doing a hangout with a Google Plus expert tomorrow yeah. for our magazine. We're going to put that in the magazine. So if you're looking for that, that's the online footprint magazine. Um, Elaine Lindsay, she's going to go through all of the, um, all of the, not all of the changes, but some of the major changes that you need to know for your business on Google Plus. So that's going to be a fascinating interview that we do on Hangout tomorrow. That's what I learned. I know that um, it's did for sure that social media platforms are going to constantly change. I don't know what that where that leaves the average person. Do they get frustrated with all this sort of change? I, I'm sensing that they do. Particularly, Facebook is changing on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, hey, you forgot about YouTube. YouTube's <laughs> brand yeah, YouTube. new right now. In two weeks' yeah. time, YouTube. Well, so it's constant. Yeah, we're just right about now. YouTube are changing their entire channel. If you haven't got the new channel, that's going to be new. So it's a it's an ongoing learning process for a lot of people, and people are getting fed up with that sort of stuff. But that's just my opinion. That's how it is. That's how it is. That's why we're here for you guys. We can be foolishly looking silly in front of audiences as the changes happen, and then come back and share our results with you guys. Yes, <laughs> so. it's funny you say that because you know I actually enjoy that now, looking silly in front of audiences. Damn, that's a strange thing to say. <laughs> but you know, like because usually when it happens, it's happened within. 24, 48 hours of, of me talking about it. So I was like, hey, this is this is how quick it's changing and you're one of the first people to see this change live on stage sort of thing. Exactly. So, um, so I don't mind doing that. But, you know, that's exactly right. That's why we're here. We want to debunk all these changes. So when things roll out, I think, um, you know, next week we may have to do a bit of a uh, Google Plus or a uh, LinkedIn or even a YouTube podcast just to uh, bring people up to speed with what's going on. Yeah, great idea, actually. That'll be good because uh, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, so for this one, let's let's start to finish up the fun statistics series and we'll talk to you guys a little bit about bounce rates and what they are actually in the first place and uh, what you want them to actually behaving, be behaving like for you on your websites and how to improve that. Bounce rates. Well, what's a bounce rate? What is a bounce, bounce rate? rate. Okay, so see, bounce rates is still a bit of a, a hazy thing for me. Even though I read about them and I understand them, it's, it's a bit strange. So let's just debunk them and talk about what they are and really get them out in the open. So bounce rate is the percentage of visitors that hit a page and don't visit any other pages within the same site. So they have just literally come to that page 
and then they bounce off your site. So basically it's low, your bounce rate is low if they stay on your page and it becomes higher if they leave fast. But let's talk a little bit more about you know, um, the lows and the highs of bounce rate and, and give examples of, I suppose, let's start with the high one. A high bounce rate, what does that actually mean and what are some examples of why a bounce rate might be high? Sure, look, before we even start there, mm. um, a bounce rate is, is usually indicated in a percentage form. And That's you, right. And you usually find this on your Google Analytics. So if you look into your Google Analytics account and one of the first things you'll see is, um, it's either called bounce rate or... Um, uh, what's the other term they use? Uh, page. Uh, I'll, I'll find out before the end of this call. But it's um, bounce rate. Bounce rate is measured in a percentage term. So it's percentage of visitors that only see that page that they land on. Now, as far as numbers go, just so you can get an idea in your head, if you're looking at your website analytics right now as we speak, if you have a bounce rate anywhere between 50 to 80%, that's pretty normal. That's pretty normal. Anything mm -hmm. lower than 50%, that's very, very extraordinarily good. So you're doing something right or maybe something very wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you have a bounce rate of 80, 85 to 100%, then you've got to consider a few things that we're going to talk about in this, um, in this show today. Yes, good. So high bounce rate. So there's a couple of different scenarios that could happen if you have a high bounce rates on your site. Because you're, what you were saying is that basically you want them to be a little bit lower. But um, let's talk about the highs. So first of all is, you're, number one, you're acquiring the wrong kind of traffic to your page. So all that means is that somebody's coming to your site and they're not the right kind of client for you. For whatever reason, they found your site and all the information on your site doesn't speak to them. It's not what they're actually looking for. So then they, they bounce off, they leave very quickly. Mm -hmm. The second one is you're acquiring exactly the right kind of traffic to your page. And what that just means is that your page or your website is so good that it's giving the answer the person needs extremely quick. And I know, Andrew, you were giving an example like, if it's, if it's a restaurant in a certain area and maybe someone's just looking for the phone number, they Google the restaurant, the restaurant comes up, they go onto the site, they get the phone number and they bounce off. They're, yes. they're gone because they, they have exactly what they want. Exactly. exactly. So high bounce rates are not necessarily terrible uh, for those types of things, but overall you do want people to actually be being on there a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. So I think you explained that pretty well. It's um, the, the higher it is... The higher it is, the more possibility that they've either either found exactly what they're looking for, which is generally on the low side of things, or it's it's something they didn't that, something that didn't attract their attention. And, and let's talk about some of that stuff coming up. Exactly. Good. So what we're going to give you guys now is a few items, actually nine items that you can focus on to actually improve time spent on your site. So when people come on, making sure that when they get to your site, they you have everything that they're looking for and they're able to very easily find it. Not only that, but really enjoy being on your site and spending time on your site as well. Excellent. So first one is you must have easy to read content. It Basically what we mean by that is don't use black backgrounds with white text. Don't squish a whole bunch of content together and words in one place. Don't use a whole bunch of different fonts in one place. You want it to be very, very easily read because we're thinking now, we're not just talking about using a desktop computer anymore or a laptop. We're actually looking at mobile devices um, as we make 
you know, the, the jump into the whole mobile age, which is already happening right now, people are using their, their mobile phones and they're using their tablets to access your website. So think in terms of ease of even using smaller screens. That's why we're saying easy to read content. Make sure those words are very easy to see, very easy to read, and don't frustrate the visitor to your site. And maybe even the font, maybe make the font the right size, not, not tiny, minute font no. that people can't read because they'll, they'll disappear pretty quick. Yeah, exactly right. I know sometimes people want to be creative with their fonts and you know you can in very specific areas of your site like in some of your headlines, in some of your graphics, but overall um, don't be cutesy. Look at how to, to just, you want universal ease of reading on your site. Excellent. So that's number one. What's number two, Andrew? Number two is clean navigation. Clean navigation. Oh, yes. So what does that mean? So basically, basically, well, you go and go. Fill, fill me in. I thought you were asking me. No, no. Oh, I want to hear from you. You tell me. <laughs> ah, you always do this to me. Yes, yes. So clean navigation is basically having um, buttons and, and menu items that are very clear and precise. Tell people what it is that they're looking for so that they know when they're searching around your site that there's a specific reason they need to click on those buttons. Um, the navigation you also have on your footer needs to be clear and concise as well. And any other links or ads that you have on your page needs to tell people what it is that they're clicking on. Otherwise, if they're confused, they may not go and click on those buttons and they'll leave. Um, what else do you want to add to that? Yeah, so I'll give you some examples of that. So if somebody comes into your site and you think you want to name in your, in your menu, for example, your main top navigation or your menu, you want to name your blog something creative. Like maybe mine might be Heather's Hobo. <laughs> <laughs> or okay. Heather's, Heather's Hub. Heather's Hub, for example. Look, I've seen this a lot. So I'm calling my blog Heather's Hub. If a visitor came to my site, first of all, are they even going to know my name, Heather, and who I am? And secondly, what is a hub in the first place? Mm -hmm. It's not a universal understanding. So when we say clean navigation, if it's a blog, say it's a blog. Or you can go as far as saying it's latest news, for example. Um, if you're offering freebies or resources, just say that, free resources or resources. If you're going to be talking about your events, just say events. So it's simplistic. You really want somebody to know what they're going to click on. They know what it is they're going to click on. They know what they're going to get once they get to the other side of that page from your menu. So that's all I mean by that is it, a website Absolutely, you want to be creative and absolutely you want to have your brand there, but you can do that in the languaging that you use in some of the posts and some of the more conversational approaches, but with the actual way of leading somebody through your website, you want that to be ultra clear. Very good. Awesome. Number three, number three, immediately obvious what you do and what you can offer. So important. If you can't, literally in a second, if somebody can't figure out what you can offer to them, what's, it's the whole what's in it for me thing, mm -hmm. they're going to leave because they have no idea. So again, that's why the whole clean navigation thing ties into this because through your navigation and your menu can also illustrate what you do. But really using you know, graphics or, or information on your homepage to actually show what you do is fantastic. So if you're a coach and you have events, and you have, uh, say, private mentoring sessions, literally stick that on your homepage. How would you like to work with me? Attend an event or book in a private session. It's literally as easy as that. You don't have to get much more creative. Yeah, very, very simple explanation. I love it. Very simple. I mean, like, look, look at all the websites where you go to buy, like, WordPress themes or 
plugins or if you go, um, you know, if you're going to go to an event or learn a certain thing from an online expert, their pages will very clearly show you what you're going to learn from them and how to engage with them, whether they're offering a course or they're offering phone sessions or event tickets. But you pretty much know straight away if you're going to some of these more optimized sites, what's in it for you when mm-hmm. you get there. Mm-hmm. True. Um, so that's that one. Now, the next one is keep your distractions down to a minimum. So that means any animations, uh, any bright colored clashing graphics on your pages. You want to keep those distractions down. So again, we're, we're talking about simplicity here. We're talking about leading somebody in a journal, in a journal, in a journey of how to actually engage with you next. So uh, your phone number is important, telling them very clearly what the, what they can do with you, whether it's buying a ticket or if it's engaging in a private session with you. Um, and everything in your site should literally be pushing people into that area of understanding what to do next. Anything that is not supporting that is a distraction. I want to tell you one other thing about yeah. distractions. And, and I, 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 I'm, I am only bringing this up because I know I do it and I know other people do as well. And that is some of those autoplay videos that yes. you're not expecting on a site. And, you know, you might be um, browsing at a, at a workplace or, you know, you might be on a on a... Um, a place where you don't want you don't want that noise to come out of your computer. So you've clicked on a website, and all of a sudden this autoplay comes up, and all you can hear is this music before the site has even loaded. And if I'm yeah. on, if I'm in that situation, I know I'm clicking the X button as quick as I can to get off that page. And what that does is it raises my bounce rate. It's telling me like I may come back later to check it out, but right then and there, I want to, all I want to do is stop the music, and I don't know where to stop the music. Except the quickest action is that X button in the top of your of your browser. So um, one of those, I, I'm not a big fan of autoplays um, for everything. There are times when you want to use autoplays for your videos, um, but some of those websites that do autoplays for no reason is just um, a problem for bounce rate. I think. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It annoys me. I X out of them as quickly as what what you said as well. Um, Keep that down, you know, to a minimum. Don't use that if you don't have to. Uh, The other thing too is, you know, we've talked about pop-ups before. So the little pop-up boxes that come in for your opt-ins or pop-ups for live chat with a representative or pop-ups for leaving a voice message, all those sorts of things. Use those sparingly sparingly, (laughs) and think about where it makes the most sense to put them if you are going to use them. Like pop-ups nowadays, you can actually control when they pop up. They can pop up when somebody's going to leave your site rather than right when they get to your site. So it's probably a better thing to take into consideration. Also for the live chat, is it really needed on your homepage or is it needed somewhere deeper in the funnel or deeper to if somebody actually starts clicking into your site looking to buy and they're actually looking and researching the qualifications of you uh, or the characteristics of your program that you have to offer, maybe that's a better page or area of your site to stick those sorts of pop-ups. So just be thinking, Is do the distractions that I have, the pop-ups and the bells and the whistles, are they helping somebody's journey through my site to get to know me more? Or are they actually taking away from, from that? And are you using them just because you've seen them on other people's sites and think it's a good idea? Hey, I'm just on that. I yeah. haven't seen this, but you may have come across it. Have you ever seen a, um, a help desk pop-up come in at, say, 15, 20 seconds after somebody's been visiting, reading your site? I have. You have? Okay. Yeah. I, I haven't. Yeah. And I was just thinking about that, like if I'm on a site, 
if I'm on a site and I'm looking around and there's already a chat box or a support button there, sometimes that may say, well, you're, it's, it's almost implying you're going to need support very soon. Here's the button for you. Um, but maybe you could have it so it pops up later after you've been on the site for a minute or two and you can say, oh, and then there's a chat box, hey, need anything else? Click here and ask us on live chat. Yeah, and I, and I think that that's a theme with this particular point is do it a little bit later in the journey of somebody visiting your site rather than yeah. straight away. Imagine imagine going, you have an autoplay video, you have a pop-up opt-in, you have a pop-up live chat. You'd be <laughs> so overly overwhelmed and you just still don't even know what the site's all about yet because <laughs> really? you're just seeing those things. So that's why it's not a good idea. You just don't want them all coming at somebody at once. Awesome. Uh, Cool. Well, so, what's so, the next one? Well, the next one, the next one is something that is um, this term has only popped up in the last two or three years, really, in mainstream, um, and that's a thing called responsive design. What the heck's that? <laughs> Give us a rundown of responsive design. What is that all about? I love it. Okay, so there's two words that I used quite next to each other. One of them is responsive design and one of them is um, the mobile design. So all that means is that your website displays a different version based on the device that somebody's using to access it. A mobile uh, version of your website is a completely different looking website that displays on your mobile phone, for example, or your iPad. Yeah, it's actually, so, so, don't, yeah. so just before I uh, John, sure. jump in here... Um, I, I might have a. I've got a website that I can look at on my mobile phone, right? I can log into Safari or um, yes. Chrome or whatever it is, and I can look at my normal website. Looks the same on my mobile phone as yeah. it does on the computer. Is that a responsive design? No, no. So that's that's a good question. So that that's just your website, but if you think about it, compressed smaller down onto a mobile device, it's just a little bit harder to use. You have to pinch your screen open to actually read the menu. Right. It just means more actions for the, the person who's visiting your site to actually navigate through it. Um, a mobile one is just literally designed to it's a very different looking site. It's something that pops up on your mobile phone and has bigger buttons of navigation. Mm -hmm. Responsive design is where your site actually shrinks and uh, just depending on the actual device you're accessing it from. So it might actually reposition the columns on the right-hand side or how different things in your site display to be optimized for the device that you're actually seeing it on. All right, so here's, like, here's a bit of a techie question. Yeah. If someone's got a website and they want to make it turn it into a, a responsive design, is that a bit of an effort? What's what's needed for that sort of thing? You need a good coder. You can either get um, a theme from like Theme Forest or some of the other WordPress. If you use WordPress, some of the other WordPress uh, theme providers, even Woo Themes, for example, mm -hmm. they are now selling themes that are responsive, which means that they do this whole thing where they change the shape and the size to actually be optimized for the device the person's using your site from. Or you can take your current site and you can go and find a coder and say, I want this site turned into a responsive site. So that coder just has to go in and actually update some of the, the files in your, your theme or your website to actually make it show differently on different devices. So you can use what you have, but you just need somebody to, that's very good at this stuff to actually go in and help you out with it. Is it worth it? Is it worth doing that, do you think? Oh, it will be. Oh, yes, it will. Um, you know, we, you and I have talked about this that, everything we've been seeing right now says that by 2015 that every single 
website is really actually going to be accessed on mobile devices more than than the old desktop sort of thing. That's just because we all sit around and we play with our apps. You know, we do our little Facebook apps, social media apps. We're checking our emails from our devices. Now, when you get emails, you want to be able to click on links and emails and go to a website that's optimized from within that device for whatever you're meant to do, whether it's to buy stuff or, or whatnot. So, it's going to be very, very important. It's already people are making the move to that. That's why this word responsive design versus mobile design sites are a big buzzword right now because people know this. Business owners are seeing this happen already. So it is important. Yes. You are such a knowledgeable creature. <laughs> oh, it was just a you know a little research I had to do lately for a little presentation. Thanks for that though. <laughs> no, it is it's fascinating. Well, while, while, um, we, while we're talking about design, let's go on to the next topic, which is good design. Like, what is the what's the what's good mm. design got to do with bounce rate? This this one makes me laugh because I I know that when I first started studying you know internet marketing, gosh, what was it more like six years ago now probably when I started really getting interested. Mm-hmm. Everyone was saying, oh, yeah, you can have these really big, ugly sites. You know, it doesn't matter. They, they can be ugly. They just need to do, have all these special sort of conversion tactics in them. And what's happening now is those sites are not working. People are totally going the entire different way. They are expecting good-looking design. They want ease of navigation, like what we're saying, you know, great buttons and graphics and uh, easy way of you as a user scanning your eye through the site. So less copy, more showing the person what's in it for them, benefits and you know videos and samples and demos and things like that. Mm. Clean, good looking design is definitely the way of the future. So, so when you um, talk about demos and stuff, these mm. days, as you, I think you mentioned earlier, Theme Forest and there's a whole range of other um, sites that sell templates. For, yeah. for WordPress specifically, WordPress sites, um, they all have demos on it, right? So you can go and look at how those, and the demos are actually live demos, right? So you can click on the buttons and see how those sites interact. How does the buttons drop down? How do the colors mingle? How do the sliders look like when they slide? Uh, yep. And all this sort of stuff. So when you're thinking about good design, you don't have to rely now anymore on a um, programmer's idea of good design. You can go and check out these uh, these templates that are out there and see what you like, and, and you'll quickly see because what it also what they also tell you is how many people have purchased and what sort of ratings each of those design has, and uh, it's always, it's a good measure just to say well if there's a whole bunch of people buying it, then it must be a good design and it must be pretty popular. It is, and you can very easily get somebody on like odesk.com to who specializes in theme forest themes or woo themes or some of the whatever WordPress theme that you're using to actually go in and install it for you, you know, on your site to replace either what you have or if you have a new site that you want to do, you can can get it, them to set that up for you. Um, the thing too about good design, and I will stress this, is that be very careful about just going to designer. And saying I want a good designed, good looking site mm-hmm. because they are a designer. They are not a strategist. Well, They're not well. a marketer. Mm-hmm. They don't think like a marketer does. You ideally want a strategist or a marketer, somebody that actually knows where you're supposed to put stuff on your site, working in conjunction with designer. Some strategists have designers on their team, some don't, but working together as a unit to make sure that everything is in the right place, but it also is designed to look really well. Very well put. Very well put. All right, <laughs> let's go. Number seven is speed. 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 Tell us about speed. What's what's? And I've got a little story at the end of this one when you talk. Oh, about good. Speed, so can't wait. <laughs> All right. <laughs> go for it. 
So speed, uh, all that means is that you want your site to load as fast as possible for somebody that's coming to your site. And the more plugins and the more you know things and customization you have going on on your website, the trickier it can be to make it load faster. And um, you know we're impatient creatures nowadays, and we expect clean, good-looking sites that load really fast. And if we have to wait around even for a second, we'll leave. <laughs> so it's not like the good old days of the modem where we'll sit there for 30 minutes and have, um, you know, we're happily waiting a page to load because it's all very exciting. Now it's a second and we're off. Yeah, really, really. So so when we started talking about analytics, you know, I went through a bunch of my sites. We've, you know, between us, I think you and I have got about 150 sites <laughs> somewhere in between. Somewhere, yes, something we do. like that. We have a whole range of sites. Yes. And um, looking, at their, looking at our bounce rate, statistics for some of our main sites you know we're around we're, we're doing pretty well we're around the 50 percent mark which is it's great which is pretty good so I'm, I'm very impressed with that mm. um, I'm looking at one of my other sites which I know that I've had since 2010 and it's a it's a regular site it's being contributed to every couple of weeks at least if not more than that it has a lot of bells and whistles maybe too many bells and whistles that are just sitting there. And the bounce rate on that site, and I discovered this probably around about six weeks ago, so I'm actually in the process of rechanging all of this uh, and putting a brand new site with the responsive theme and all of the stuff we've just spoken about. Yeah. But uh, the bounce rate on that site is 87.5%, which is oh. ugh, terrible. So yeah. it's one of those things that I knew, I recognized you know, as soon as I saw it going that way, I needed to change it. So I'm in the middle of changing that. But... Um, if I didn't know, if I didn't measure, I would think the site is okay. But what the statistics are telling me is that 85 out of 100 people get to the first page and go, "Oh, get me out of here," and they're gone. So it's I a think, big, you know, it's a big wake up call. And yeah, and think about the improvements. What's going to start to happen once you address that? Yeah, now exactly. That I mean, I have, I have thousands of visitors to this to this page a month. Mm. So thousands of people right now are, are just going and leaving. They're not looking at what else I've got to offer, which saddens me a little bit. Are <laughs> <laughs> well, you going to fix it? I will it's rectify good. that. I'm uh, looking looking to change the way. So there you go. That's my little <laughs> good, story good. about speed. <laughs> so with speed, you guys, um, again, there are some tools and, and resources you can test your site in to find out. And it gets a little bit techier, so I don't think we're going to go into them on this one. But if you just Google, um, again, our favorite places like Odesk, or you can just Google um, test the speed of my site in Google, you'll start to find some resources. Even go to YouTube and uh, type that in. How do I test the speed of my site? You're going to get all sorts of videos that come up and teach you a little bit more about this particular topic. It will be getting more and more important, again, as sites are going to need to be optimized for mobile devices using the 3G network and external networks, you need them to be fast and clean. So it is important. Absolutely. Um, the next one, look, I love this one because I'm, I'm always really anal about this one when dealing with our, our own actual web team. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm a, a click a link clicking machine. So basically this point is make sure you're, you have your external links in your site open in new windows. What that means is that if you have social media buttons in your site, if you're uh, linking to external websites or blogs or mentioning them in your posts, you want those links to open in a new window. And the reason why is it means your site still stays open in that, in that particular browser window, meaning that people are not automatically taken off your site. They just are looking at, an, at the, you know, what you told them to go to in another window. So 
it's, it is important. Um, your, your links that are internal of your site should still stay, of course, inside the same window. Anything external, just think of it as a rule of thumb. If I'm sending people off my site, I need to have a new window opened in my browser. Pretty, uh, it's pretty, I guess it's, when you think about it, it's pretty straightforward. It makes sense. But so many people mm. will just change that. Um, they'll have that link opening up and uh, suddenly, oh, where'd that website go? And then they've got, you know, they're on the Facebook and they're like, oh, I forgot about it. And then exactly. There you go. It's like, what happened? Oh, that's right. I was looking at a site a long time ago, but I can't remember how I left it. And can't <laughs> Don't remember, remember the name. Yeah. Can't remember how to get back. Yep. <laughs> so Very that's good. exactly the reason why this is incredibly important. Um, we're almost coming up to our close. We're on the last point. I know. The last point is split up long content chunks. What does that yes. mean? Tell me about that. <laughs> Okay, cool. So uh, as we are now engaging more with multimedia and images and videos and apps and tweets and quick little pieces of content, seeing a huge page of written content is actually quite scary. <laughs> Whereas you see that and you think, oh, it's just all too overwhelming. I am out of here. Mm -hmm. The best way to handle big bits of content is to break them up into different chunks. And you do that with numbered lists or bullet points, um, different size fonts. Again, not too many of them, like we said earlier, but if you, you break it up with different headings or headlines throughout, you think in terms of, can I chunk this bit of content together? Does it make sense to have this bit together? And then how can I graphically make it stand out from the chunk that's above? Uh, so just think in terms of that. You know, you never want to slop down a, a copy and paste from a Word document and just paste that into your page without any formatting at all. It's just going to be way too much for somebody to absorb, and they're not going to be able to scan it uh, as as now what you need to have in, re in readable content needs to be scannable. Yeah, break it up, break it up, put images in there, videos and all that sort of stuff. But make That's sure true. that people, um, as soon as they see it, the uh, once over, it's like, okay, I can manage this. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, you know, it's almost like if you've ever been to a terms and conditions page of most websites, mm -hmm. that is just non non chunked content that usually looks at you look at it and go, "Oh my god, this is way too hard to read." <laughs> and there's probably a reason for that, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The privacy policy and all that sort of stuff. It's all chunked together closely so that people go, oh, "I don't want to read this," and yeah. <laughs> I think that's why they do it. So it's all chunked together so you don't want to read it because it's just a whole bunch of Too legal, legal mumbo-jumbo. So um, that's a perfect example of non-chunked content. <laughs> exactly. So there's – by the way, there's a great tool to use that is um, – it's actually free if you guys want to test it out for a little while. It's, it's a heat map tool and you can stick this on your site and basically see visually where people are clicking on your site. Uh, you're actually going to get an understanding of your most popular areas, not only in your menu, but on each and every one of your pages as far as where people are looking and participating within your content. How do they, how do they measure that? It's basically that this map, it's an overlay of your site. So it's mm -hmm. this, it literally, you know, if you think about a heat map or if you're, um, gosh, I think of the 1980s sort of clothes where you put your finger on and, uh, and it would heat up. Stuff. Oh, the, um, what's it called? Hyper. Hyper something heat, yeah. Where you put your finger on or mood rings or something like that uh -huh. where... Um, if the the hottest area is a different color, like a bright blue, and then the colder areas would be like a you know a white or something like that, it does the same thing. It's an overlay that goes on each and every page of your site, and it's showing you with heat, which means the most popular areas of that page or your site, um, 
where people are, are hanging out. And it's important because that is the key area of your site where they think that's what you're all about. So it checks your mouse clicks and stuff there like that. Your mouse right? clicks and your movements and it's all right. based on your mouse. Exactly wow. right. Wow. Yeah. And the one that, that's really great that, again, you can trial for free is called Crazy Egg. Dot com crazy, crazy egg. egg crazy, crazy egg. egg it is and they're doing a great job with their online marketing right now they're all over YouTube with ads and so you may have even seen them already at the the point you've heard it from us but uh, crazy egg you know it might be worth a try for you guys uh, to stick that on your site though some of you that are especially a little bit more techie might want to give this a go and then you'll get to know a little bit more about your visitors and what they're actually again thinking that you're about when I say that it that way because whatever they're clicking on and whatever they're engaging with is the bit of your site that they're interested in and think that you know what you represent um, and I'll give you an example of that you know I was really shocked on one of my sites I was thinking that uh, they were actually finding this whole other side of, of what I stood for you know coming to me for branding advice for example but in actuality they're coming to me for a very specific type of Facebook advice it, you know, it's quite interesting when you start to actually understand why people are coming to you and what they're engaging with on your site. All that means is that you can give them more of that information and you can create your products around that information and start to really, you know, again, give the market what they want. If you don't know it, how can you do it? That's right. And that's what is so important about all these metrics. Like, know what they're doing. Know what they're finding out. My most popular blog post is still about a Coca-Cola product. I remember that I wrote two and a half years ago, and I'm still getting the most traffic from that, from all of that time ago. Um, you know, even today, and this is a this is a website about social media and and how to use social media for your business. And I wrote an article about Coca Cola and how they were using it two and a half years ago, and it's still my most popular blog post. But I know that because I look at my analytics. So what I've done is I go and write some other additional stuff with Coca Cola in it, just to play off that traffic that's coming in there already. Exactly. And, and now I'm you know, doing the same with mine too. And I've noticed that some of the things we've talked about in the last few bits of our series of this, this podcast series are using video. You know, using video. I've started using video because it keeps people on the site longer. They get to know who I am more. They get to know what the next steps are to take with me. Um, thus, you know, lowering certain, certain statistics and raising others, all the good things that we want to have happen. <laughs> yes. But um, and as we, I guess, as we finish up, let's just have a quick little chat about some of the key things that you, you personally, and I'll say what I personally remember from these last. What was it? Seven of these that we have done. Yeah, seven. Seven yeah. of these. So, um, uh, some of the key, the key statistics, key points that you'd want somebody to take away from from this series. You know what? It's a lot of it can sound similar. So just remember that if you think you've heard it before, a lot of the same principles apply. Um, Think about how the process goes when somebody comes to your website. They come to your website. What is it that you want to um, make them do? You want to make them stay on your page as long as possible. Do you want them to click through to a certain page or a buy now button? So that's your conversion rate. Do you want them to sign up for your newsletter? And when they do that, when you send an email out, what sort of open rates are they, what sort of open rates are you having when people receive that email? Are they actually reading the email or is it just a waste of time? You know, yes. inside, inside your email, what are the click-through rates inside an email that you're having when people actually get that email? When they come back to your page after doing that full circle, then you want to look at what sort of, um, what sort of average time are they spending on your site? How much are they repeat visitors coming back as well? So 
you know, it's a, it's a cycle that we tried to follow from start to finish, and we end up back at your website. So you you get there, you sign them up, you send them an email, you drive them back to your site and get them to know more about you, spend more time on your site. And we've tried to follow that cycle so that um, it makes sense. Just think of it in a big picture term. Don't have to know exactly every single minute um, minute rate that's, that's there that we've talked about, but just know that there's a whole bunch of different rates that can affect all of that flow of traffic. Yeah, and I think I'd love to leave you guys with just be very, very clear on who you are and what you're actually offering. Really, really clear and give somebody one way of, of taking that next step with you, not 10 million ways, not, you know, not dozens of ways, but one way. What's the one thing that they can do to start to get to know you a little bit more? Um, we refer to that as a lead generation funnel or conversion funnel. It's that whole thing of if they come to your site, you give them content so they stay around, they get to know you a little bit more. Now that they like you, they're going to opt in. Make sure that you make sure that that opt-in form is friendly and happy and does all the things we talked about. Get them into your email funnel and communicate with them. And everything that you talk to them about should not be distracting. It should be clear, concise, really the whole what's in it for them. Really think about the client. Don't just create noise. It's no longer about creating noise. It's about creating valuable content, delivering it over time, making it all about the site's visitor. Yes, you can be creative, but know when to be creative. Excellent. So, um, wow. How fun. We were coming to a close. We have to do another series like this, hey? Yeah, I'm enjoying these. Um, all right, so well, let's see. We're, I don't know what we're going to do next week. We'll have to um, come up with something good. Maybe we'll do jump back into social. Yeah. Maybe we'll come up with something completely randomly new. <laughs> as we do. <laughs> as, as we do. But um, thanks for coming. Now, if you've got a, any comments, make sure you come and visit us, autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcasts, or go and leave us a review or a comment on iTunes or Podomatic, or any of your favorite podcatchers. We're pretty much going out on all of those services and platforms right now. So um, leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Give us any questions, any feedback. You can always, uh, you can always find us on those sites. Um, connect with us socially too, aybsocial.com, www.ayb, A for Apple, Y for your B for business, autopilot your business, aybsocial.com. And uh, all of our social links are there too. Yes, and as always, if you guys want to get links to all the things we talked to you guys about today, like Crazy Egg and some of the other resources and Odesk and all that good stuff, stop on by to the website, autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcast. And we have a page in there called Resources where we put these links, but you can also find the links directly under this podcast itself. All right, H, stay warm in sunny, sunny, cold Sydney. Will do. And um, we'll keep talk- cool in hot Palm Springs. Yeah, cool. Cool cat. I'll, uh, right. I'll talk to you on the next podcast. Sounds good. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye. All passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with their seatbelts Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com, or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, 
Happy travels.